Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your obedience and generosity to God's word. Come on, let's stand up one more time. We're gonna pray. We're gonna get into the word together today. Like I said earlier, we are so glad to be home, but I can tell you last week was just an incredible week here at Makers. We watched online. Hey, how many of you guys are thankful for uh, Jeff and Tiffany Battles and they're just who they are to the kingdom? We love you, we honor you. We are grateful that we get to call you kingdom and church family. Uh, just an incredible word. How many of you guys know that like, uh, we, we need to go after that one in our lives. God's calling us. Listen, we're, we're supposed to reach for next this year, right? We're supposed to rise seek the lost. We must say yes to doing those things. And I'm grateful for such a word that stirs our heart to go after people that no, don't know Jesus. And I'm excited to get into the word today. And I want to tell you, um, uh, this, this entire series that we're getting into, uh, we've promoted it, we've talked about it, but I want you to hear from me. I have wept over this series. Everything that we're going to discuss, I, I want you to know something. It is not from a place of hostility. It's not from a place of haughtiness. It's from a place of humility because we love people. Come on, somebody. There are agendas that are operating in this world that are not from, not from the kingdom of God. But we're gonna study, and listen, we're gonna, we're gonna press into the presence of God. Because the truth is, most of us, we stay silent on these topics because we don't feel like we know enough. In fact, God warns us of that in Hosea. He said, my people, they are, they are, they are, they are literally destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We cannot be people that don't understand what's happening in the earth. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians to not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. But I want us to approach this entire series from a place of humility with the Lord. Because I'm gonna tell you something. God is not pleased with sin, but God loves people. He wishes no man should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so as we get into this, listen, if you came ready to hoop and holler because you think you're at a conservative rally, uh-uh. We're gonna get into the word of God and we're gonna let the word of God work in us and through us to be the reflection of Jesus in the earth to everyone that we come into contact with. But I want us to pray that today that we approach everything with a place of humility and listen, that we say, Holy Spirit, teach us and lead us into all truth that we might be your reflection in the earth. Can we pray that together? Come on, will you slip up your hand if you wanna get into that with me today? Jesus, we love you so much. Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, it is our privilege, God, that we, God can call you Abba Father and that we get to be a part of your kingdom and Lord, that we would get to be your reflection. Lord, we're not deserving, we're not worthy, but Jesus, you made us worthy. And Lord, I pray that God, as we, God, get into some discussions and difficult conversations, God, I pray that we approach everything, God, with humility. I pray that we approach everything, Lord, with the mind of Christ, that we can continue to, to press in, Lord, to what you're saying and what you're doing. Lord, because we want to be people that love people the way you do. And God, we wanna be your reflection in the earth in everything we say and everything that we do. So Lord, I pray over the next four weeks, God, give us ears to hear and a heart to understand. God, and may we continue to say yes. God, even to what's 
hard, God, because the reality is, Lord, God, it's easy, Lord, to just ignore. It's hard to do what's right. God, may we, God, press into what is challenging so we may be right in your sight, God, and truly be the voice of truth in the earth. God, for the glory of the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise today. And it's in Jesus' name we ask all things. Come on, if you're ready, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, you can be seated today. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. So today, church, we're beginning a, a series, um, if I'm honest with you, that, that some would deem as polarizing. But can I tell you, I believe it is paramount. I believe it is paramount for the body of Christ in the earth because here's the truth. The kingdom of darkness is getting darker. And the demonic agendas on the earth are getting louder. And it's in these moments that the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church, we must rise and shine because light dispels the darkness. Come on, somebody say, it's my season to rise. Come on. It's my season. That's our vision for this year at Makers. It's a year for us to rise. It's in moments like we find ourselves right now that we must rise and shine because light dispels darkness. And can I also tell you that we, each of us and all of us, have a supernatural anointing from heaven that breaks and overpowers the volume of demonic agendas that are trying to wreak havoc in humanity. Come on, somebody say amen if you believe it that we have been a supernatural anointing to break and overpower those volumes. But listen to me, we cannot rise and shine by hiding and ignoring. We cannot rise and shine for the kingdom by hiding and ignoring, nor can we operate in that supernatural anointing if we stay silent and detached from the reality in which we live. We cannot do those things, Makers Church. And it's for these reasons that a series like this one is pertinent for the body of Christ in order for us to be educated and empowered and equipped and encouraged to live as Jesus and operate with the mantle that Jesus declared over himself in Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19, where he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. Can I tell you that same anointing that's on our groom who is Jesus sits on us, the bride, and we can walk in that same authority and anointing in the earth. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice with me right now. Come on, lift up one or both of your hands, and we're going to declare that verse over ourselves today in Jesus' name. Come on, Tanya, get on the screen. Are you ready? Come on, let's declare it together. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. God, right now, may it be upon each of us and all of us in Jesus' name. If you believe that, somebody give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah, that that mantle and anointing is upon each of us. Each and all of us have been anointed to rise and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. But that advancement does not come without opposition. That advancement of, of rising and being what God has called us to be does not come without opposition. So listen to me. During a month that our society has labeled Pride Month, 
A month that we are told to celebrate and commemorate confusion, deception, and immorality. We are going to spend the next four weeks discussing spirituality, sexuality, and our role as the church through the lens of purity. Through the lens of purity. Somebody say purity. And listen to me. All of our discussions over the next four weeks, all of our discussions will have a biblical foundation. All of our discussions will have a biblical foundation. How many of you know Jesus told us in Matthew 7 that if we are wise, we will build on his words? If we are wise, we will build on his words. See, at Maker's Church, we have a core value. We have seven core values, but one of our core values is having a biblical foundation. And there is a life-giving statement that we have with that core value where it says, we build and live our lives on the eternal truth of God's word. A biblical foundation. How many of you guys know nothing is under the foundation? And if you ever want to grow and become more, you've got to have a solid and strong foundation. Listen to me, Makers Church. Regardless of what other people feel or say, your foundation must be the word of God. Your foundation, our foundation must be the word of God. We build and live our lives on the eternal truth of God's word. We must build and live our lives on the infallible, eternal, living, and active word of God. As the bride of Christ in the earth, we cannot make gray what God has made black and white. We cannot make gray what God has made black and white. And I will tell you, listen to me makers, that the first installment of this series is not centered on what God says we must stand against. We're not talking about that today. We're gonna to talk about that next week. Today is not centered on what we must stand against. Today we are going to be discussing what God's word says we must stand for. We must, how many of you guys know we have to stand for some things? Listen to me, this is important because it seems like more believers know what they're against than they know what they're for. More believers know what they're against than they know what they're for. And while that may seem harmless, that is a slippery slope where a spirit of religion can find a foothold that will squelch kingdom vision and progress. So here at Makers Church, listen to me, we are committed to knowing what we must stand for. We are committed to knowing what we must stand for. And as the people of God in the earth, we must stand for purity. As the people of God in the earth, we must stand for purity. Look to your neighbor and say, we gotta stand for purity. We've gotta stand for purity. As the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, we must stand for purity. And listen, we must pursue purity. We must practice purity. We must promote and protect the principle of purity. And here's why. Since sin entered the world, there has been a battle in the earth for a godly standard and principle known as purity. There has been a battle in the earth since sin came into the world for this thing called purity. And listen to me, while we live in an impure world, God has made it clear in his word that purity must be our standard. 
Purity must be our standard. Come on, say, come on, say purity must be our standard. Purity must be our standard. Listen, from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, we see the premium God puts on the principle and the practice of purity. On the principle and the practice of purity. Now let's talk about purity. Since we're talking about what we need to stand for today, let's talk about purity. What is purity? The, the Greek word that we find in God's word for purity is the word katharos. And it's transliterated, literally means clean, literally and figuratively. The word purity transliterated means clean, literally and figuratively. It means clear and pure. And that's accurate. How accurate that is, Maker's Church. Because how many of you guys know God desires us to be pure, literally and figuratively from the inside out in every part of our lives? He commands us, desires us to be pure in our bodies, in our souls, in our spirits. Listen, God desires purity in your sexuality. He also desires purity in our spirituality. He desires purity in every part of our lives. And listen, he didn't say it was a suggestion. He said it was the standard. The standard. Which means that we don't work our way around it. We don't look for excuses and loopholes. We say, Lord, if that's your standard, it's my standard. If that's your standard, it's my standard. That we must be committed to living pure in every part of our lives. And I know some people, some people would easily say, PD, you're being old fashioned. You're being old fashioned. You see, here's why some people think that because in today's world, purity is nowhere near as important as popularity. Purity is nowhere near as important as popularity. And purity is gladly handed over for prominence. And, and we find that most people, they value possessions more than they value purity. And frankly, a lot of people will now tell you that a promiscuous life is just more enjoyable than a life of purity. Pastor Derek, you're being old fashioned. No sir and no ma'am. Let me tell you why. There is nothing about the standards and principles of God that are old fashioned. They are well fashioned. They are well-fashioned. Every standard and principle that we find and read in the word of God is not for yesterday, it's for today and tomorrow and forever in Jesus' name. So we must see the standards of God are well-fashioned. And one of those standards, especially for the people of God, is purity. It's purity, somebody say purity. Purity. Now let's go further for a minute. Because the truth is, is that Satan relentlessly attacks purity. He relentlessly attacks purity. And there's a reason for it. Because a long time ago, he traded his purity for, you guessed it, pride. He traded his purity for pride. Now, I want to show you quickly from God's word. We can actually see when those things took place and how they took place. Anybody thankful for the rain? Come on. 
And the good news is, is I shout loud enough that you can hear me no matter what. Come on, somebody. But the truth is, is that at one point, Satan, did you know he was very prominently involved in the kingdom of God? Satan, back then he was known as Lucifer. He was prominently involved in the kingdom of God. In fact, in fact, the Bible tells us, I'm gonna show you in a minute, Satan was created in such a fashion that he brought glory to God and he had complete access to God's presence and power. That's that, that before something happened to Satan, he was known as Lucifer. He was this angelic being created with so much splendor. But guess what? There came a time when he traded purity for pride. He traded purity for pride. Now, let me start here. This is important. We're going to New Testament first for all you folks that, that, that just need New Testament first. We're going to start here first. First Timothy chapter three, verse six. This is actually talking about leadership in the church. How many of you guys know as leaders, we don't need pride? Come on. First Timothy three, six. And, and again, this is Paul giving Timothy instructions on church leadership. He said, he must not be a new convert. So that well, he will not behave stupidly, I love that, behave stupidly and become conceited by appointment to this high office and fall into the what condemnation? The same. Fall into the same condemnation incurred by the devil. And in the Amplified Version, it says, for his arrogance and pride. What ruined Satan? What took him and cast him out of heaven? It was his pride. Let me go further because that's what we see in 1 Timothy 3, 6. He says, do not be guilty of what Satan was guilty of, arrogance and pride. Now we go to Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 14. I want you to see this. This is so critical that you catch this today. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, how you are fallen, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Do you see the arrogance and pride that happened in Lucifer's heart? It reminds me of Proverbs 16, 18, where it said, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Pride goes before a destruction and haughtiness before a fall. But listen, there's more about Satan and his fall. Ezekiel 28, I want you to see this. Ezekiel 28 verses 12 through 17. Look at what the prophet Ezekiel said. He said, you were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. And I'm not to your delight gonna try to pronounce all those precious stones, but they were all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you 
in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Look at it. Your heart was filled with pride. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. Notice, Lucifer had access to the mountain of God. How could he have access to the mountain of God? Because at one time he walked in purity. And do you remember Psalm 24, verses three and four, how he had access to the mountain of God? Psalm 24, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Satan traded his purity for pride. Satan traded his purity for pride. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you remember how God feels about pride? Do you remember how God feels about pride? If you don't, let me remind you, Proverbs chapter six, verses 16 and 17. It says, these six things the Lord hates, indeed seven are repulsive to him. The first one, a proud look. A proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. Listen to me, pride is number one on purpose. Pride is number one on purpose and here's why. God hates the spirit of pride. God hates the spirit of pride. Remember James 4, 6, where it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God literally opposes the proud. Can I tell you today, I do not ever want to be on the side of God's anger, wrath, or judgment. I never want to find myself on the other side of God's anger, wrath, or judgment. I never want to be connected to something that God literally opposes. So under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and with the fear of the Lord today, I have to tell you this. Don't play with pride. Don't Play with pride. Pride is not your friend. It's not coming to take you to lunch and take you to Disney World. It's coming for destruction. The spirit of pride has one assignment for humanity. Satan wants to literally bind you up with the thing that cost him everything. So listen to me. Don't be deceived by the very thing that cost Satan everything because here's the truth it'll cost you everything too. It'll cost you everything too. And even worse, it'll separate you from God. Pride will separate you. Listen to me, this is not a joke. I'm not being over the top. Pride will separate you from God. That spirit of pride is demonic. It's not okay. There's not one favorable thing you can find in God's word about pride. God detests the spirit of pride. So listen to me, Makers Church. Pride and purity have never and will never coexist. 
Pride and purity have never and will never coexist. There is no such thing as partial pride. If you've got partial pride, you've got pride. There's no such thing as partial purity. If you've only got partial purity, you don't have purity. Remember what I talked about? We're not making gray what God has made black and white. We gotta talk about this, church. And listen, once we learn it, we have a responsibility to teach our sons and daughters about these things, church. To teach them that we always, we reject pride, but we say yes to purity in every part of our lives in Jesus' name. If you believe that, somebody say amen. But we can see very clearly that pride and purity never coexist. And listen to me. Some of you are still saying, Pastor, I still think you're being a little Old Testament about this whole purity thing. You just need grace. You need grace. Look at your neighbor and say, you need grace. Come on, we all need grace. You need to pray for my wife. She needs more grace every year that we're married. Come on. We celebrate 15 years this year. It's only by the grace of God that we've made it this far. Hallelujah. You think I'm joking. I want to show you, if you still think I'm being a little hard about the standard of purity, I want to show you New Testament one more time. Ephesians chapter five, verse three. See this. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Look at that. Could that be any more plain? That's where you say no. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed. Such sins have no place. And then two verses down, Ephesians 5, 5. You can be sure. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Pastor, purity's not that big of a deal. Oh, yes, it is. Pastor, sexual immorality is not that big of a deal. Honey, yes, it is. Did you just read what I read? You think God's playing? Listen, how many of you guys know the grace of God is not a get out of hell free card? It is the goodness of God that allows you to transform your life so you can look like Jesus in the earth. And so we have to see something. The purity is God's standard and God is not moving the line just because you want him to. You can't slide God a 20 and give him a week and say, thank you. God cannot be bribed. He cannot be bought. In fact, he can't be bought because he bought you with the blood of Jesus. So see this for a minute, Makers Church, because the rest of this series, we are going into some deep and unpopular things that our world does not agree with. But the bottom line is we have to go at these things from a place of purity. And I refuse to stand up here and condemn some sin while we sit around and walk in our sin and tell them they need to be pure, but we're not living pure. That's next week. I'm gonna get back. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna calm down. You say, Pastor, can I have more Bible? Yes. Because now let me show you the most accurate prophetic snapshot of culture and society that the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at this. See this. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. 
People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things. Listen, look at this. As they strut around in their arrogant what? In their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. Does that not sound exactly like the world that you and me live in? Like not even a little bit, down to the letter. Down to the letter. So I, I, I'm, going, I'm not going here today completely, but I wanna pose this question, this rhetorical question as I get back to purity for the rest of our time together. How does God really feel about a month that celebrates immorality and purity and goes by the name pride? How does God feel about a month that literally celebrates immorality and purity and goes by the name pride. If you think God affirms any of those things, you are deceived. Because we just saw in God's word that God hates the spirit of pride. God loves everybody, but he hates that demonic spirit. We love everybody, but we should hate that demonic spirit. And we should stand up for purity. We should stand up for purity. We should stand up for purity. Pride is not for the bride and the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.27 tells us Jesus is not coming back for a proud church, but a pure church. He's coming back for a pure church, a church that is spotless and clean. Remember the word pure, it transliterates literally into clean. He is coming back for a spotless and clean bride from the inside out. So we must stand for purity. And let me go further this morning. If you want to know God, stand for purity. If you wanna see God, stand for purity. If you want to walk in the fullness of the life that God desires to give you, Stand for purity. Stand for purity. Listen, let me show you. You want to know God and be close to God? How about Psalm 24 again? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You want to see God in every part of your life? How about Matthew 5, 8? God blesses those whose hearts are Pure, for they will see God. He blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Listen, you say, hey, Pastor Derek, I want to be a light in the darkness. I want to stand for God. How about 1 Timothy 4.12? Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example. Somebody say an example. I'm tired of the church being an excuse. It's time for us to be an example. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. 
and your purity. And your purity. Listen to me, purity where? Purity in your heart. Purity in your mind. Purity in your hands. Purity in every part of who you are, Maker's Church. Listen, what does that mean? How about this, let's start here. Purity in your motives, the things that nobody sees except for God. Woo! That rain cannot drown me out, I'm gonna go in on it anyway. Purity in your motives, the thing that only God knows. Purity in your motives, but then purity in your thoughts. Then purity in your words, purity in your actions. We spend so much time saying, God, we want provision, we want protection, we want power, we want purpose, we want peace. And God says, does anybody want purity? Does anybody want purity? Because listen to me, we will pursue those things consistently, but do we pursue purity? Do we pursue purity? Listen to me, God desires a people committed to pursuing purity. God is looking for a people that is committed to pursuing purity. People to hunger to live in purity from the inside out. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. I love this text. It says, run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lusts of youth. Somebody say amen. That's the truth. And chase after all that is pure. Chase, pursue after all that is pure. Listen, see it. Whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit and live in peace with all those who worship our Lord Jesus Christ with pure hearts. Are you seeing how much God values purity? How much we must have a revival of purity in our own lives again? How we must have a revival of a purity in our own lives again? And listen, this is why this is important. Whatever you pursue is what you'll practice. Whatever you pursue is what you'll promote. And whatever you pursue is also what you'll protect. Pursue purity. Pursue purity. Pursue purity. Well, pastor, is it a big deal that my entertainment is not always pure? Yes! It's a big deal! How can you say you wanna have a pure heart and clean hands when you're watching trash? when you're listening to things that defile the very things of God. All that stuff matters. Come on. For some reason, we act like it doesn't anymore. Like that we're like, oh, well, God, every day on, God, you just give us this grace to do whatever we want. And it's gonna be fine. That's why the church is not the church triumphant. That's why it's the church in turmoil. That's why we don't ever get to stand and truly make a difference in the places of societal influence. We lost our right because heaven won't give it back because we won't be pure anymore. So what do we have to do? We have to pursue purity. We have to pursue 
purity. We have to practice it, we have to promote it, and we have to protect it. All right, Pastor Derek, how then? You've convinced me. Hopefully I've convinced you. Not my words, but the voice of the Holy Spirit has convinced you. How do we commit to having a standard of purity? It starts in your heart. It starts in your heart. Number one, ask God to give you a heart of and a heart for purity. Ask God to give you a heart of and a heart for purity. Look at these two scriptures. Psalmist David wrote them both. 51.10, he said, God create a new clean heart within me. How many of you guys know the word pure also means clean? Create a new clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. How many of you guys know that should be a good prayer that we pray? How about Psalm 86 verse 11? The psalmist David said again, he said, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Now we could preach on that one forever. He didn't say, Lord, let me live according to my truth. That's next week. According to your truth. And then what does he say? Grant me purity of heart. Purity of heart of heart so that I may honor you. You really wanna rise in the standard of purity? Ask God to give you a heart of purity again. Ask God to give you a heart for purity again. What I know about my God is this, when you ask him, he generously will give it to you. He will generously give you what you ask him when you ask in Jesus' name. Ask for a heart of purity and listen to me. If it starts in your heart, it will go to your head. And if it goes to your head, it will go to your hands. And the next thing you know, you are living a life of purity from the inside out because you have a heart of purity. You have a heart of purity. So if you wanna live and stand for purity, number one, ask God to give you a heart of purity. Number two, you need to know God as a refiner. You need to know God as the refiner of your soul. Pastor, what are you talking about? How many of you guys know God as our redeemer? How many of you guys know God is also our restorer? He redeems us from sin and he restores to us everything the enemy tried to steal. But did you also know God has always, just like he's always been a redeemer, just like he's always been a restorer, God has also always been the refiner. Malachi chapter three, verse three says, God is our refiner. Now you say, pastor, why is this important about refining? Let, let me talk about this. From the physical perspective, here's what refinement means. Refinement is the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from substances. Listen one more time. I didn't make a slide for this one. Listen. Refinement is the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from stuff, substances. That's from a physical perspective. But how many of you guys know God is a spiritual refiner? So listen to what happens for spiritual refinement. Spiritual refinement is the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from our souls. 
removing impurities or unwanted things from our souls. Do you guys remember what our soul is made up of? Our mind, will, and our emotions. We need to go to God as a refiner every day and say, God, refine me. Take out anything, Lord, that's impure. God, if there's anything, God, that I don't need in my heart or in my life, God, would you refine me and remove me? Remove it because I want to walk with a heart of purity. I want to live and stand for purity. In fact, we can see all throughout God's word that God is the refiner. Jeremiah 9, 7 says, Behold, I will refine them and try them. 1 Peter 1, 7, That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. How many of you guys know physically for something to be refined, it has to be put into fire. How many of you guys know that Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and fire? That fire is to refine us. That fire is to purify us. The psalmist said in Psalm 26, verse two, he said, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. When David said examine, that word try literally means refine. It's the Hebrew word seraph. And seraph shows up in God's word over 30 times because it is literally saying, he's saying to God, God, refine my mind. God, refine my heart. God, remove anything that is impure, that I will be pure before you. God has always been the refiner. And if you really want to stand for purity in this season where the world does not even know they need it, but we must be the reflection of Jesus in the earth, you have to ask God for a heart of purity and you have to ask God to refine you. And not just once. Ask him consistently. Ask him consistently. When's the last time you asked God to refine you? When's the last time you said, God, try my heart and my mind. God, refine me. Because I believe as we even look at this series the next several weeks, we must look at it through the lens of purity. But how can we operate with purity if we have not experienced purity in our own lives and not experienced purity in our own hearts. Because I believe more than anything, God is looking for a church and a voice of purity in the world that reflects who he is. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, I want you to stand to your feet all over the room today. I know we got a lot of people here, but I want us to come to the altar. Say, Pastor, why are you so just all about the altar? How many of you guys know the altar is where you encountered God? Pastor, I can do it from my seat in theory, but when you take that step of faith and surrender, something special and supernatural does happen. Because you get into the altar. Listen, when you come into the altar, the presence of God can alter you. 
can change you. So if you will today, I want you to come and find a place at the altar. Come on, from the youngest to the oldest. You better, you gotta pack it in tight. That means that you better wear your deodorant next Sunday. Come on. Come on, pack it in tight. I believe God wants to meet us today as refiner and purifies. Come on, come on, come on, make room, make room, make room. Hallelujah. Come on, when you get here, I just want you to lift up your hands and I want you to just honor the Holy Spirit. He's here right now. He's here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Here's what we're gonna do today. Before we can ask God to restore a heart of purity, I think we need to let the Lord search us to see if we need to repent. Because remember that whole thing about pride? I guarantee you that we've all had places in our hearts where we've had to deal with pride. And we don't want pride in our heart. We want purity in our heart. So we're gonna take a minute and church, we're gonna repent and we're gonna ask the Lord to forgive us. If there's any place that we have let a spirit of pride come in, if there's been pride in our motives, if there's been pride in our words or our actions, if there's been pride in any part of our lives, we're gonna ask the Lord to forgive us and wash us clean through the blood of Jesus. So right now, none of us are exempt from this. I want you to slip up your hands and we're just gonna pray. I'm gonna pray and I want you to come into agreement with me. I want you to not listen to me pray, but I want you to pray. Father, right now, we humbly come before you. God, even right now, God, Lord, I'm, I'm not exempt. God, I kneel before you. And Lord, I pray, search us. God, if there's any place in our lives where there has been pride, God, if there's any place, Lord, where there has been a spirit of pride, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. Lord, forgive us right now. God, we repent, God of, God of pride. God, we repent, God of God allowing that, that demonic spirit of pride that we would exalt ourselves above other people. We would exalt ourselves, God, above your standards or your principles, or we would exalt ourselves above your word. God, if there's any place in us, Lord, that there has been pride, Lord, I please, God, I pray, God, forgive us right now. God, and we receive the blood of Jesus that would cover us and cleanse us. We receive the blood of Jesus that would wash that pride out of our hearts, out of our minds, out of our motives and our words and our actions. And Father, we receive God's forgiveness and freedom from pride today. We receive forgiveness and freedom from pride today. God, may that spirit of pride, God, even if it's been generational, God, in our families, Lord, may that spirit of pride be broken off right now in Jesus' name. God, and may there be a heart for purity.
forgive us, God. <laughs> Lord, forgive your church for being proud. God, break that spirit and stronghold of pride off of your people. Come on, right now, say, Lord, make us humble. God, may we clothe ourselves in humility. May we clothe ourselves in humility, Father. May there not be a foothold for pride in any part of who we are. But Father, may we be clothed in humility in Jesus' name. We receive it. And Jesus, I thank you, your blood has washed us and redeemed us not from a spirit of pride. Come on, if you believe that, now somebody say amen. Amen. Now here's what we're gonna do, Maker's Church. Now we're gonna take a minute and we're gonna ask God to give us a heart of purity. To give us a heart of purity. The Psalmist David said, grant me a heart of purity. Listen, it starts at the heart. It starts at the heart. It starts at the heart. Don't you pray this prayer with your lips if you don't mean it in your heart. Because it starts here and it works its way out. But I want us to come together and pray for a heart of purity. Listen, purity in our motives, purity in our words, purity in our actions, purity in our thoughts. Pastor, is it that important? God commands us to live in purity. And if God commands it, then we have to do it. So right now, if you wanna pray that prayer with me, come on, lift up your hands. We're gonna pray right now in Jesus' name. God, we humbly come before you today, knowing, God, that we don't deserve it, but because you are merciful and gracious, God, we can ask in faith and we can receive. God, I pray today, grant each of us a heart of purity. <laughs> Grant each of us a heart of purity. Grant each of us a heart of purity, God. Create a clean heart in each of us, Lord. God, if there's any place, God, where purity has not been the priority, Father, forgive us. Give us a heart of purity. God, give us a heart of purity, God, when we turn on the television. Give us a heart of purity when we turn on the radio. Give us a heart of purity when we sit before the computer screen. Give us a heart of purity, God, in our conversations and in our relationships. Give us a heart of purity, God, in our finances. Give us a heart of purity in our marriage and in our homes and with our children. God, give us a heart of purity when we look into this world. May we look through the lens of purity. Give us a heart of purity, God. God, purity from the inside out. God, that we would be clean from the inside out. God, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it for ourselves, but Jesus, you do it for us. Grant us a heart of purity. In Jesus' name. Come on, thank him for a heart of purity. If you asked it with faith, you just received a heart of purity. Come on, right now, take a minute, audibly thank Him for a heart of purity, church. Hallelujah. Thank you for purity, Lord. Thank you for purity, Lord. Thank you for purity, Lord. 
Thank You for purity, Jesus. Thank You for purity, Father. prayer. We've got a song that we're going to sing that goes along with that prayer. How many of you guys know God needs permission to be our refiner? I mean, he can refine us. He can do whatever he wants. But we want to give God permission to refine us anytime we need refining. Anytime, because sometimes we don't know we need refining and we need to be refined that we're gonna give God permission. Say, God, refine us, refine us. God, every day, God, in our heart of purity, God, refine us and make us pure. Why? Because when he refines us, he removes spiritual impurities and unwanted things from our souls. That sometimes we didn't even know we're there. But because he loves us so much, he will refine us that way. So I want us to pray together and then Pastor Melissa is gonna lead us in a song that's actually called Refiner. And we're just gonna take a minute, we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship. And then we've got a declaration we're gonna seal up today with. Because how many of you guys know, God's not asking, he's called us to live a life of purity. He's called us to live a life of purity. So one more time, I want you to lift your hands all over the house. And I just want you to tell God, say, God, I give you permission to be my refiner. God, we give you permission, Lord, to be our refiner. Refine us, God. God, just as the psalmist said in Psalm 26, try us and examine us. God, daily we give you permission to refine us. Daily, we give you permission, God, to refine us. God, remove impurities. God, remove, God, unwanted things from our souls. God, refine us, God, from the inside out. May anything that's not pure, may anything that's not of you, God, may it be removed, God, and cast out, and may the blood of Jesus fill. May the purity of the Holy Spirit be so prevalent and real in our hearts and in our lives. God, we give you permission to be a refiner, to be a refiner in Jesus' name.
my hands Purify my heart I want to burn for you That's it, Makers Church. Come on, press into that. Come on, press into that. Clean my hands. Clean my hands. Purify my heart. I want to burn for you. Only for you. Clean my hands. Clean my hands. Purify my heart. I want to Take a minute now. Just one more minute. Lift your hands and honor the Lord. Thank Him. Thank Him for purity. Thank Him that He's our refiner. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want us to say this prayer, this declaration before we close today. It's really simple, but it, it encapsulates everything that we've looked at this morning. In fact, Nick, make sure we post this on social media. I want to, if you, if you don't see it today, we'll put it out there so you can see it. How about we make this our prayer this week, church? But I want you to say this with us together. In fact, why don't you lift your hands and let's declare it. Are you ready? Father, I receive a heart of purity. May I pursue everything that is pure and may that purity be in every part of my life. Help me to be pure in my motives, my thoughts, my words, and my actions. Let me stand for purity and be an example of purity in our world for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, somebody give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, he called us to be pure. Let's be pure. Let's be his reflection in every part of who we are in Jesus' name, amen. Makers Church, I love you so much privilege of my life is to call you brother and sister in the kingdom. And I'm excited. Listen, I am not afraid of what's happening in our world. I'm excited that God has called us and anointed us to be his reflection and voice when the world needs it the most. Let's go be the light together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen, I want to do a couple things. I want us to, we're gonna say our, our declaration that we typically say together. Listen, when we say amen, you gotta hug 48 people and tell them you love them. And then you gotta go buy 12 cupcakes and four cookies exactly. And the Lord's gonna take care of the calories, don't you worry. 
but we love you, we honor you. And listen, be back next week. Next week we're going deeper. We're looking at some powerful things that I believe will help us that we'll grow together in Jesus' name. But let's say our declaration together and we're gonna hug some folks and enjoy that big song in Jesus' name. Come on, you ready? We know this one. Come on, let's say it together. I am a maker made by the maker to make disciples and make a difference. Come on, one more time, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah.